Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast, the place where a bunch of comic book discussions go down. And this is the first day of 31 Days of Horror. That's right. Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast is going to bring you 31 awesome, scary, spooky, witchy, ghostly days of horror. Whether that be a comic book or a comic book movie. You know, a movie from a comic book. I've got so many surprises for you guys. You won't even believe. I... You, I just, I love my podcast family. They just were, I, as soon as I told them about this, they were like, uh, yup, sign me up. Um, and one of the guys to jump on it super quick, who always is one of OCD's biggest supporters. You guys know him. You guys love him. He is John Spees. Hey, hey, hey. John. Hey, hey, hey. John is from Blast More Past Podcast and Triple T Throwback <laughs> Trivia Takedown Podcast, where it's a podcast all about, you guessed it, trivia. Uh, oh, man, this is so appropriate. I'm so happy to have you here. What's up? <laughs> Not too much. Just uh, enjoying my time. Uh, if anyone listens to Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might know that you hear Tess every single episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, her and uh, our buddy Zach, who is on the podcasting After Dark uh, both were kind enough to uh, do some voiceover work for us for the the intro because uh, Adam and I thought it was uh, too much for people to hear our voices. <laughs> so we needed something more new and exciting. No, that was so fun. That was a cool project. I'm so glad that I was able to be a part of it. Yeah, I'm the the intro part, the throwback trivia takedown. I literally, so I, I, at that time, I didn't really have a lot of places to record that, but I did have like, you know, the podcast set up and I put the blanket. There's just, if you walked into my room, you would just hear me screaming, <laughs> throwback trivia takedown underneath the blanket with like a light. It just looked kind of strange. Like, what is she doing? Uh, uh, so that was, hey man, you use what you got, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And go from there. Nobody knows the difference. There's no visual. Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> so I've heard all kinds out. of stories of, of ways voice actors get uh, sounds and stuff like that, like shouting into trash cans and <laughs> just all kinds of weird things. Whatever they got to do to get the sound right. Yeah, man. It's like a, a visual illusion of the ear, you know, if, if there is everyone. So no, that was super fun. And uh, I always get a kick if I ever, I saved the audio and I'll listen to it sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, that was just so fun. I've made it, you guys. So uh, <laughs> after you've listened to the intro of Throwback Trivia Takedown, come back over to this episode. Um, John, can you tell me what your relationship is with Halloween? Um, Well, I mean, just like any, you know, good old American kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween was always a big deal. We loved dressing up, go you know, going out and get yeah. candy. Um, when I was younger, uh, my mother made a lot of costumes. That's so sweet. Oh my which gosh. was which looking back on it was was really cool because we got to be a lot of characters that they didn't have. Like nowadays, if you go into any Halloween store, you can find 
costumes for almost pretty much any character yeah, ever. Anything. And then characters you forgot were even freaking characters. You're like, oh, exactly. <laughs> am I supposed to and dress up like you for Halloween? Yeah. No, back in the 80s, you, you just couldn't find that. It was, you know, it was your standard stuff that you could mm, find. Frankenstein, a ghost, stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Mm. You know, simple things. And we got to be all different kinds of things. When I was really, really little, like four or five, I got to be He-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, oh one my year, God. One year, both my brother and I got to be Ninja Turtles. Huh? Um, my sister was a California Raisin, if you remember <laughs> the California Raisins, which yes. I think is probably before your time, but it was- I remember them with the eyeballs yeah. all weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so our mother would just make you know costumes for us. And okay. uh, I think probably those were the- best years of halloween probably which would be for the 80s for me because that was about you know zero through ten as far as years go and then when we got older we still wanted to go out for halloween but we were too cool to have our mom make our costumes so of course we would put our own together so our costumes when we were older were not quite as good as as they were before (laughs) you need that homemade stuff man that's the good stuff and I and I do miss, and I think this is just a sign of the times, and and maybe where I live now, and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, gone are the days where everybody in the neighborhood participates in Halloween. It feels, yeah. it, it feels like you know. In fact, we don't even. I don't think I've trick or treated uh-huh. in my own neighborhood in the last ten years. With your even with your kiddos. What? No, we always go somewhere else. Oh, so, oh, I understand. So what kind of neighborhoods are you looking for here? Well, no, normally what we do is there's a couple of like shopping malls that'll do trick-or-treat events. Oh, oh cool. And, Fun. Like outdoor malls and actually sometimes indoor malls, which is nice because sometimes it's still hot around that time. Right, right, right. And so we'll just do that. We'll walk around. You know, last year we went to, uh, I live in Las Vegas and there's a big mall down by the strip called the Fashion Show Mall mm-hmm. and they did a Halloween event last year which was great because it was indoor and air conditioned oh it was it's still kind of it still gets pretty warm here in in vegas in october Mm -hmm. so i you know everyone had like all their costumes on so it's even hotter because you've got all these layers on so it was it was really i'm not gonna lie it was really nice to be air conditioned while we were (laughs) trick-or-treating that's awesome i feel like over here even in la like it could be a cold halloween you just kind of take that risk with the costume that you buy (laughs) you know you're like well i can wear leggings underneath this somehow (laughs) if you want to go for the the cool sexy costume that doesn't have a lot of clothing it's the year it's going to be cold if you go for like the big layered costume it's going to be the it always seems to work in the opposite way of what you want it to be exactly it's just luck of the draw you just gotta just you know yeah it's um it's it's weird. Halloween's the same way here too. Like John and I obviously don't trick or treat, um, but we like to go walk around where the trick or treaters are. We're not creepy. It just you know. <laughs> sure. It's, yeah, you, we'll you, go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, no, there's this place, there's a street up in Burbank here. We're at. Uh, it's called Bel Air, and it just lights up with all sorts of decor. And we, it's probably three blocks up the mountain from our house, and it's just so awesome. Like I don't like we wouldn't probably walk around here where we are right now. We would definitely go up to Bel Air because it's like they've got you know they just these just their whole they got gigantic lawn gigantic houses first of all with Mm -hmm. giant garages that can hold all these amazing decorations and then they put them in their front yard and you're just like it's basically a haunted a different theme haunted house ish maze thing every house and there's like a star wars one i think there's a pirates one there's like just a clown's one so (laughs) i i hear you you gotta you gotta find the right neighborhoods to get the right halloween experience nowadays that's what you're saying Yeah. yeah but we especially since we've had kids 
Halloween is still big for us. We're we're a we're kind of a family of cosplayers. Oh, cool! So, yeah, yeah. So Halloween is still a big deal mm-hmm. because we plan. We try to plan months ahead. You of know, course, as, yeah. as far as what our costume is going to be, uh, especially if we decide we're going to sort of coordinate, mm-hmm. you know, with all four of us. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Actually, Halloween is 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 kind of the one place where we don't coordinate as much. Okay. Um, whenever we go to cons and stuff like that, we do try to like to coordinate because everyone thinks it's fun to see a whole family of whatever yes! the theme was. Heck yeah! So we do all, all kinds of stuff with that, but you know, every, the kids get excited, and it's funny because. My son will start thinking about Halloween probably around June. Of course. Yeah. Good boy. And he'll yes. have one costume in his head and he'll say, okay, can we buy that one? And I'll say no. And I <laughs> go, why? And I go, because in one month you'll change your mind. And sure enough, <laughs> it's exactly what will happen. Hey, man, if I bought the costumes that I thought of throughout the year, I'd have 100 costumes because it exactly. changes. You yes. Can, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, and and we can't, we, we love we'll just find any excuse to dress up so we usually don't wait we just we'll get the costume we'll find uh-huh. we'll find like right now i'm working i'm working on a costume for my daughter just on a whim because <gasps> we we have nothing else you know there's no cons going on right now there's nothing right. so we're just we're for fun um i found this thing and i was like you know what i can make a really cool space ball helmet out of that. <gasps> and so i'm working on that but it really only fits my daughter because it's not big enough for anyone else right, right, right so right. i found like uh, like a, a, a one-piece coverall that's about her size. Oh my and so I'm, I'm working on the helmet right now, but as soon as that's done, I'm basically she's going to be a space ball. Oh, my God. I love that. I love that. I watched Spaceballs the other day for the first time in probably a decade, and I was cracking up. That movie <laughs> is still so freaking funny. Yeah. Uh, we, we showed it to our kids, forgetting how many curse words were actually yeah. in. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, I don't remember that one. Okay. Because yeah. we showed them... Um, uh, the other Mel Brooks movie, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, which yes. doesn't have near as much cursing. It's a little bit more kid friendly, and it's yeah. and still it's silly funny, which they loved. Right. So we're like, okay, they'll like Spaceballs, and they did. They loved Spaceballs. But my son was like, yeah, there's too many bad words. He even said he's like, yo, Dad, I'm feeling my ears are burning. I don't like. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> yeah kind of a little bit. Oh, poor kid. He's a good kid. He is a good kid. I got to meet him. You he's did. Oh, so adorable. Both of your kiddos are adorable. Well, awesome. So, um, okay, well, let's start our day one of 31 Days of Horror. You wanted to jump into Kieran Gillen's Die. Yes. Oh, okay, so I have a thing with Kieran here. Mr. Kieran, <laughs> I love your concepts. I, I love, let me say him. I love his concepts. Mm-hmm. I love where he's going with it. I think his stories are great. If you were to write, if I were to read it, you know, on the back of his books, I'd be like, dang, that sounds like a really cool comic. But John, I'm telling you, this is the th- third one and I don't hate it. And we'll get into it. I'll tell you where I hate <laughs> it. And I'll tell you where I love it. There's a spoiler. Okay. okay? Um, he, uh, it, it, I get confused. I get a little lost. I don't know which way's up and which way's down. <laughs> and it's not that it because it's like too weird of a concept. I mean, there's some freaky deaky shit up in here in this one. This one's a true horror. My God, if you're going to pick any horror, this absolutely fits the category. If you love RPG uh, Jumanji, if you love Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom's story, if you love Narnia, you will love this comic. Somehow you will find something for you in here. Imagine that, but in the upside down in Stranger Things, right? That is <laughs> yeah. what die is. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a little it's a little strange. Um, it's a little everywhere. They pitched it as goth Jumanji. Yeah, 
<laughs> it's sort of the term that they used. Appropriate. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, okay. So tell me what drew you to this. Cause I know that you are interested in RPG and you're used to, you know, you do D and D stuff. So you're, you're used to that gameplay. So a lot of this yes. lingo and language that was used, you're very familiar with, and you probably followed along a lot easier than I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I reread the book yesterday and I was like, I wonder how many of these references Tess is going to get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause I, I, I know, um, um, I know I, you know, everyone knows that. I mean, you're you're almost more than a year at this point into this awesome comic book journey, which yeah. is why I love coming on here because I love <laughs> I love talking with somebody who's just as excited yeah. about stuff because it was only fairly recently, a couple years ago, when I rediscovered my love of comics and, and started deep diving into it. Um, so this one, um, and by the way, I should mention die d i e yes. refers to dice, not mm-hmm. kill. To die, sort of. Double entendre. A little double meaning there. Yeah. Okay. Sort of in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just found it on a whim. Okay. I was looking for. I read. I was. I spent a lot of time over the last year reading older comics that I kind of missed in my time, especially the ones that okay. came out in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the the two thousands to early twenty tens mm-hmm. was kind of my dip when I wasn't re- when I wasn't reading comics yeah. and so there's all these really great stories that i missed so i spent a lot of time reading all this stuff and then i was like you know what i want i want to read something new yeah you know something new and fresh so i just kind of did some internet searches and looked for you know what are the best new comics and i specifically looked for you know 2019 because okay. by then i figured anything that came out in 2019 hopefully would have a volume or a, a trade version by then instead of yeah. issues because i don't particularly like reading issues anymore i hear that yeah and this was near the top of the list, if not on the top of the list. And I read the description. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. So yeah. I bought the book and loved it. And you loved it. And you loved it. And you followed along from beginning to end perfectly, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. I did not. I got very <laughs> lost about thir- third issue. And we'll start from the beginning. Don't worry, everybody. But okay. the third issue is where I was like, why is there a, a why are we in World War One? And it's and then now it's off from the where's the steampunk dragon we just saw like <laughs> where is are we in Oz are we in Kansas anymore um, and the answer was no we were not I actually had to look up <laughs> some of those some YouTubers comic just reviews not because I never do that I never do that because mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to put anything in my head but I just wanted to see was I the crazy one here like <laughs> was I the only one that didn't freaking understand what the heck was going on. <laughs> Uh, and the answer is no. Everybody, <laughs> I can give you three resources where they're like, awesome, but what the actual fuck? Like, you know, <laughs> what? So, okay. All right. So let me just read this summary to you guys. And sure. You, and, okay. You're going to be totally into it. Ready? Okay. So, the, okay. So, Kyrian Gillen, he wrote The Wicked and the Divine. He teams up with the artist Supernova Stephanie Hans, who also did The Wicked and the Divine, Journey into Mystery. And, okay, here's a summary. Die is a pitch-black fantasy where a group of 40-something adults have to deal with the returning unearthly horror they only just survived as teenage role players. If Kyrian's in a rush, he describes it as goth Jumanji. But that's only the tip of this critically acclaimed obsidian iceberg. Okay. Whew. All right. I'm in, (laughs) right? Like... Uh, cool. I'm down. It's mm-hmm. it's Jumanji. Like you had me at Jumanji. Cool. So we start in 1991. Ash and Angela. They're handing to hand. They're 
they're going to this guy's party, the friend's party, and they're going to play these games, okay? It's an RPG game. It's a fantasy game for adults or grown-ups and their kids or whatever. They're probably like 18, you think, something like that? Uh, I, think it was like, I think it was like 15, 15. 14, 15, 16 is what they okay. cited a few times. So. so like middle of high school age. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they go in and they're like something like, this guy, Solomon, don't forget that name, Solomon, he's very important. Um, he has this box of dye that's like the dye that John was talking about, like the dye, the, like the 20-sided dye, like the, what do, you, what do you call those kind of dye? Like the D&D dye? Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just dye, they're just multi-sided dice. Okay, cool. Because there's also like Las Vegas dice, like you don't know. Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So he opens this die and they go inside, just like when the guys in Jumanji and they they hit the video game and they all just kind of get sucked in. This is what happens. And you're like, oh man, here we go, adventure. And then it's like two years later, and these kids are walking down the street, and this car stops and is like, where have you been? We've been looking for you, and you guys are the Stafford Six. And one kid's missing, Solomon. Solomon's missing, and then one girl's lost her arm. Cut, mm-hmm. cut to uh, 25 years later. Okay, John, whew, help me out from here. <laughs> okay, so shit's gone down, man, and they yeah. can't talk about it, right? Yeah, so um, they kind of set everything up, and it, it was it was very much inspired by the movie It. Uh, Gillen has said as much that okay. sort of the, the whole thing, it, and it, like his favorite part of It was the I guess the part with the adults, not the part with the kids, okay. which is why he kind of skips over all the stuff that happens with the kids. Okay. You know, but he he sets it up, which is he sets up this great mystery of, you know, they they meet, you meet all the characters. Right. And you know, each they're setting up to play uh, an RPG and Solomon gives them all their, you know, they sort of create their characters and he gives each one of them a a dice. They're, they each have their own die, okay. a different sided die. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's kind of nice that you, you meet the characters and then they obviously get sucked into the game and then you see, well, all you see is the aftermath. You don't see what happened. Right. And we have no idea. We have no idea. And then boom, we cut to the future, which is, to me, it's a great hook of, okay, Whoa. something, something happened. We, we got to find, we're going to find out what happened. Yeah. You know, how, whether we, whether it's through flashback or however they do, which they, they don't really do through flashback, which I appreciate. I appreciate yeah. that. I don't. I'm. I'm not always the biggest fan of a flashback. Right. You don't always need it. We don't need that foundation. We just need to yeah. know some shit went down. And you guys can't talk about it. And every time they freaking say, "I can't tell you," I'm like, "Tell me what happened." Well, and here's the thing: they can't tell you for a reason. They are magically bound to wow. not tell you. That blew my mind. Which you find out later that um, that. Uh, Dominic, who's the leader, and and maybe we should talk about all the characters real quick. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, so Solomon, he was sort of the, we'll call him the dungeon master, if you will, Mm -hmm. of the game initially. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's going to play a character, and he gets to be the master, and he gets the 20-sided die. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have Isabel, who is kind of Solomon's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, he was a jerk to her or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, he was a teenage boy. So Yeah, yes, okay, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> teenage boys and jerks are usually just kind of synonymous. Yeah, just go ahead and And this is coming from someone who was a teenage boy. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and so she uh, is playing the Godbinder. Yeah, and she's kind um, of, she's a badass of the group. Yeah, um, but she's kind of 
she 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 puts up a badass front, but that's kind of hiding some insecurities, which kind of start to reveal themselves later. It's beautifully. Um, it, it is beautifully unfolded in that way. It definitely shows like what they carry with them and how it affects them in the future. It's very literal and met- metaphorical at the same time. Yeah. So the Godbinder is that she can make packs with deities mm-hmm. for favors. Mm-hmm. That's kind of her big power. Yeah. Um, and then you have Matt, who is the grief knight. That that was so sad. The sadder he is, <laughs> the stronger he is. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. You totally picked the short straw, my friend. <laughs> Oh. So well, I, I think they kind of they all they all kind of created their own characters in that way, mm-hmm. and so it tells you a lot about their personality, the the characters. So you in in some RPGs you have a character which is called a berserker, which is uh, somebody who gets stronger the madder they get, the angrier they get. So okay. with this one, they go the opposite direction. Okay. He gets stronger the sadder he gets, which is an, a nice twist on it. Yeah. Um, and then Chuck. Uh, which is the most American-sounding name, considering this whole thing takes place essentially in England. Oh, yeah. Um, this is the most American-sounding name. Uh, and Chuck is what they call the fool. He is sort of just the... <laughs> he just the guy who just runs in without thinking about it. And the, his power is... is luck, that right? Is, it's kind of luck. It's the dumber of the thing he does, mm-hmm. the more likely it is to come out in his favor. Isn't that crazy? He'll just go right into the the eye of the uh, hurricane, and he somehow comes out alive and wins. <laughs> exactly. Like, so, like the <laughs> dumber the action he is, the more likely he is to succeed. Man, I think that's actually a superpower. <laughs> yes. I mean. <laughs> and then um, you have uh, Angela, who is Angela. Uh, Dominic's sister. Dominic's kind of the main character of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angela I is. Her, I liked her story. Yeah. Yeah. She's just. She was his younger sister. He was just kind of bringing her along. All she wants. She just wants to be a cyberpunk. I love which, that. It doesn't really like fit so with good. the story. They're like, right. okay, whatever. You just we'll be we'll make you a cyberpunk. We'll let you have it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so uh, she has this armor, but the armor only works if you pay. And and you get this sort of like fairy gold, mm-hmm. and when you use the fairy gold, it activates her armor. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting because it, it um, one it, it uh, she has to find gold every day mm-hmm. in order to yeah. activate the armor. So also, crazy. it's it turns her into an addict because you get the kick of it. Yeah, she's a junkie by that yeah. point. She just yeah, wants exactly. she needs and needs and needs. No, and okay, so everybody that's listening, you're hearing this and you're like, Tess, stop your belly aching. Like what? <laughs> you guys, I don't think you understand. It took me a while to get to understand all of this. Um, that's what I'm talking about. It's all there. It's laid out exactly what you need, but the order in which he picks up the tools for you to build the house, it just does it. <laughs> he starts on the second floor before he starts on the first floor. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, do you agree yep. with me? And I mean, you're not talking shit when you say that, but it is kind of hard to get through, right? It's a little trudgy. It's kind of like the first time you watch a Tarantino film. Because okay. like the first time I'll you see you Pulp Fiction and you don't understand that it's not linear, it's right. not. So, in, and in this case, the story itself is linear, but the 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 way in which you find the information out does not linear. Right. So you're you're finding every you're all you're connecting things that happen earlier in the story later, even though the story is always moving forward, as it were. And it's very wordy as well, so you have to make sure that you pick up on those clues. Which, you know what? If you like that kind of story where you have to read it a few times to understand it, and you know each time that you read it, you find something new, then this is absolutely the book for you as well. I will say, rereading it yesterday, I did 
get a little bit more out of it than the first time I read it. See? Okay. So, okay. Um, and then the last character that we didn't talk about was Dominic. Dominic, yes. he's the only one whose character in the game, one has a different name mm-hmm. and two is a different gender. So, I did not catch that. Okay. Okay. Oh, you really? Okay. So did Dominic not. is essentially, and it's really interesting how he portrays it because they don't necessarily address it. It's just sort of, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So for all intents and purposes, Dominic appears to be a straight white male. Mm-hmm. Um, when they when they come back later, you know, when he's 40s, he was married, um, you know, to a woman. But in the game, he plays a female named mm-hmm. Ash. Yeah, so I he caught Ash. A, I didn't realize it was a girl. That's yeah, awesome. It's a girl. And to all intents and purposes, a heterosexual woman. Ah, okay. Because okay. They, they indicate that she may have had relations with this one knight, which That's we'll kind of right. talk about. Okay, now I'm connecting so, everything. Okay, yes. copy. If okay. you don't, and I will okay. say this, if you don't quite get, and I, I remember the first time I read this, I did have to go back a couple times before I realized that Dominic and Ash were the same person. And you know what? I didn't pick that. I didn't pick up the Ash part. I didn't do that either until I uh, listened to the reviews. If I didn't listen to the reviews, I would have been like, <laughs> "Is this a different person? Where did Dominic go?" Like, right, uh, right. So, so they, so we're twenty five years later, and somehow the die comes back to them, right? Yeah. Some uh, Dominic gets. Uh, the... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tell us. I was Dominic. Gonna say, Dominic, I'm sorry about that. Dominic gets Solomon's twenty sided die in the mail. Oh, that's and, right. Okay. And it gets and there's blood on it. Right. So, you know, they they don't know what they don't know what they're supposed to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, like in any good horror movie, all of the stars get together to try to figure out what to do. Yeah. And they decide to go back to this world that we have never we have not met yet and know this like they're they're carrying some weight. You feel like they've been through stuff, you know? Yeah. You, it's it's those two years really had an effect on them, and they're older now. They've got families. They've got kids. They've got, you know, failed lives, whatever. Yeah. Um, and they just kind of jump back into this world. And this is where we where you talked about the spell called G, G's, G-E-A-S. It's, it's, ac- it's actually pronounced Gesh. Oh, Gesh. It's, okay. uh, it's, um, it's an Irish term. Oh, gosh. It's, it's, it's basically just uh, something that's magically binding. Okay. Okay. And then that would make sense because they weren't allowed to say what happened to them in those two years. And yes. then when that's relieved. Okay, cool. So and it didn't matter if, it, if they even had wanted to say something. They were magically bound to not say anything. Oh, that's so frustrating. And, yes. And, and you get this thing with uh, Solomon's mother who's, who's kind of, um, not quite, well, kind of harassing Dominic to find out, you know, like 26 years later and she's still throwing up on his doorstep, doorstep saying, what happened to my son? And he's like, I can't tell you. And he can't, t- he can't even tell her why he can't tell her. Oh my gosh. That's just, oh gosh. That's just, so this story is heavy and we're not even into the second issue, you guys. Like it's already, <laughs> you're that is all in basically one, one issue. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the first issue is kind of setting up the background and then getting us back to the world of die. Yes. So we're in the world of Die. And this is not like, you know, the jungle from Jumanji. It's not uh, the beautiful white uh, snowscapes of Narnia. This is like <laughs> kind of hellish in there. It's gr- like a, a gr- uh, not green. Why do I keep saying green? Orange and yellow and red skies and the grounds. It's just very dark, you know? Yes. Yeah, uh, 
uh, Stephanie Hans uses a lot of reds in this book. That artwork, by the way, is just it's out of this world, man. That's amazing. I love the artwork in this in this book, and it's weird because it's very so much more kind of ethereal in the way she draws it than I'm typically like. I usually don't like that sort of thing, but in this one, it works really well. Oh yeah, that you can tell that Kieran was like, "Hey, do what you want. This is your world. It's not of this world. Nobody's seen it before. Here are the elements. Go." And she nailed it, man. She did great. Yep. Um, so they go back into this world, and then this is where they realize. Let me see. I'm trying. <laughs> I don't know what order it happens in. Okay, you guys, it just happens. I swear. Um, so in the second issue here, they're all kind of talking. They're like, "All right, we're back," and they're you know, and there's different bodies, just like Jumanji. Um, the most recent Jumanjis, anyway. And this is where we kind of get to know them and what their powers are. We got the Grief Knight, we got the Fool, you know, the Cyberpunk, all those things that John was telling us about. And then um, we meet Solomon here. Do we meet him here? Yes. Yeah. We do. Shortly okay. after they arrive, Solomon shows up. Yeah. Which they all assumed was dead. That's right. And they, they had no idea. They just were like, he's dead. He's gone. But he's been in this world. And this is where I think it's very Dr. Doomish from Fantastic Four. Because Dr. Doom gets stuck on the other planet thing. Mm-hmm. And then he basically becomes that place. And that's what's happening here with Solomon. He has created, he has continued to create this place out of his like s- ultimate sadness and loneliness, really. Kind of, yeah. So, I mean, he's sort of, uh, I'm gonna, it's kind of hard to talk about Solomon without sort of jumping ahead in the story a little bit to talk go about Go for a few it, man. Hey, if it makes sense, go for it. So, Solomon, he's, the, he's like, he's the type of kid, it, it feels like, even though it's 22 years later, Solomon never grew up. He's right. still the 16-year-old kid uh, mm-hmm. that went into the game in the first place, which is someone who, you know, revels in the fantasy. Um, he loved being the storyteller. Which is why he was the DM, you know, why mm-hmm. he's the, he was the game master, and and why he chose to be the rule, uh, the the he was the master was sort of the character that he was, which meant that he could control the rules right. of the world. Um, but yes, but there was a, a big a big bad, what they would call it, you know, in the in, in whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, called the grandmaster, okay. and. You know, when they went back the first time, the Grandmaster was who they had to defeat in order to get back home. Okay. And and I'm gonna I, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit in the story because you fine. don't find out what happens, but it is it explains a lot. So as they're all getting ready, basically to portal back to home, mm-hmm. um, you get this sort of panel where Solomon's just standing there, and the hand of the Grandmaster pulls him back out. Yeah. Um, which is also how Angela loses her, her arm because she's reaching for him wow. and when they yeah. port, which is why. So her arm was still in tie when they ported back home. So when she when she came back to Earth, that's why she didn't have an arm. That's so terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Horror. You know what that reminds me of? Full Metal Alchemist when he loses his leg. I've not actually seen Full Metal Alchemist. Alchemist. Uh- that's okay. I just started it and it is great and it freaked me out because in the first episode he loses a leg because he's using alchemy and he uses it the wrong way and it gets put into another dimension. Oh jeez. Like, yeah. So this is that's what reminded me of that. I was like, "Oh man." So this is like so this is a conglomerate of a bunch of like inspirations from other stories I feel, but yeah. it's like I've never seen something so it's hell. They're like in hell. <laughs> kind of, yeah. But at this point, when they meet, when they re meet Solomon, 
he's already he's killed the grandmaster and he's taken over and he is now the yes. grandmaster and he's evil he has no he's, he's gone a little insane yeah i mean wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't we i mean wouldn't you it's just, geez yeah i mean i gotta talk to a person every five minutes bless my <laughs> husband um but yeah if i couldn't talk to any of my friends i think i'd go nuts over there so yeah absolutely <laughs> and uh he's lost his eyes at this point, right? Well, I can't I think, remember why. Um, I don't think he's lost his eyes. He just what? sort of he he's got bandages over his eyes, but they're they're sort of like crystallized. Okay. I think it's just sort of like the grandmaster power, like his ability to see everything, because he's the kind of he's essentially the creator now. So he can okay copy that. That makes sense to me. Okay. Okay. All right. Whew, is everybody on this ride still? <laughs> we all Raise- we, we all here. Yeah, do we need a lunch break? Because goodness <laughs> gracious, I do we need to pick this back up tomorrow? Because this is whew. Um, and that's essentially the end of issue one. Uh, yes, yep, issue one done. Out of the whew. six, I think that are in this volume, the first okay. volume anyway. There are two oh, yeah. volumes out. Okay, I read up to five, maybe. Um, well, I yeah, I only read up. That's to five. fine. It might have been. It might have been five. Okay. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'm missing one. We'll see, because there's kind of a twist at the end of the first volume, so if you didn't get to the twist, it'll, I'll, I might be blowing your mind here. Ooh, the first, okay, okay, okay. And you know what? You, you may be blowing my mind anyway, and I could have read it anyway and not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> this is fun. Okay, no, 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 really. I'm actually really enjoying this book. I was explaining it to John Babe, my husband, and he was like, that sounds amazing, and I was like... Um, I said, he's, a, he's a D&D guy, isn't he? He is. You need he to show is. him this book, because I think he would okay. really dig it. I agree. I agree. And I'm going to tell him you said that, and he'll do it because you said he will. He will do it anyway because I said. But you, you're, you guys are both D&D guys, so he'd be like, all right, if he likes it, I like it. Okay. Um, that's how he talks. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, babe. I know you're listening. Um, okay. So now I'm going to jump on over to issue three. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, also known as the what the fuck issue. Um, <laughs> so all I wrote down for a note, John, is mm-hmm. confusing war story. Okay. Okay, catch me up, please. What's happening here? Okay, so obviously this this is a world that is essentially created by Solomon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right, right, right. it's it's influenced by the things that he loved when he was a kid. Okay, this uh, this is actually a out of all the references to me, this is the most obvious one. Okay. However, this also because I'm a huge nerd. What? So they're they're fighting. You know, they're on the the lands of. It's, it is a little difficult to tell one hellscape land because they're moving from area to area, but it's hard to tell the difference between any of them right. other than okay. like the characters they run into. So in this case, it was a big mechanical dragon that they're trying to get away from. Looked amazing. Yep. Yeah. And in the process, uh, Ash, mm-hmm. Dominic Ash, uh, kind of dives into a trench and there's some soldiers in there. And you know, if you're paying attention to the little details of it, Mm-hmm. They're they're smaller. They're not short, but they're smaller, and they have pointy ears. And they reference a whole bunch of stuff. This is essentially a love letter to the Lord of the Rings. Okay, somebody said that in a comic review. I didn't see it, but I'm glad that you saw it. Just well, anyway, okay. Because very famously, J.R.R. Tolkien was inspired to write The Hobbit, the first book, while he was in the trenches in World War One. 
Holy crap, that's a great story. I didn't know that. Yeah. You just blew my mind. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to see if John knows that because he's a big L-O-T-R fan. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, actually there's a really good movie. It didn't get a lot of press. And, and anything that's not a comic book movie nowadays, unfortunately, does not usually get as much credit. Um, there's a movie. It's just called Tolkien. Okay. And it's all it's about is his life leading up to when he goes to war. Okay. And they they flash forward a few times into him in the trenches in World War One, and you kind of you get these ideas of of inspiration and, and where he's because it's mostly just about his life. In mm-hmm. fact, the 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 words Hobbit and Lord of the Rings I don't even think show up in the movie, huh. but they they show up visually. Okay, you know. These, okay, gotcha. you know what it, what they're referencing. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of uh, stuff, and I'm I'm. I'm trying to look. So, you know, they're because they're talking about the mission home and and all this stuff, and mm-hmm. he's uh, he's very much referencing the story of Lord of the Rings, and then immediately after you meet this old man. Yeah, that's like, Tolkien. Okay, that's actually meant to be Tolkien. Whoa. Okay, that is a pull. He. Okay, so what is the purpose of this chapter? Oh well, I guess because if Solomon is a big fan of Lord of the Rings, right? Or are they just yeah, doing well, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, it's, it's fan. Lord of the Rings is what inspired Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, shit. Wait. This whole Dungeons world and... of elves and orcs and stuff like that <gasps> is inspired by Lord of the Rings. I mean, Lord of the Rings is sort of the OG of. I of, didn't know that. Of Tolkien, who was a uh, professor of like mythology and languages and all this stuff, taking these ideas and creating this new world. What? And all of D&D. Really spawns. I mean, that's why you have like in D and D, you have characters like the halflings, which is essentially the hobbits, just without using hobbits because obviously it was trademarked. Right, right. Of so course. this Whoa. is you know, that it's just him pulling from the, all these inspirations. Well, you're blowing my my mind today, Spees. Um, I did not know that. That's so. There was no D and D anything before Lord of the Rings. No, Lord of the Rings came out in like the fifties. Oh, 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 the book. Hello, hello. Yes. I thought you meant the movie. I was like, dang, this is really young. Oh, yeah, that's No, right. the book. book. The, yes, the book books. in the 50s. And, oh, my gosh, to pick up that book and to be able to comprehend that, because I have tried to read that, too. And uh, sometimes I'm not going to lie. I've tried to read Lord of the Rings as well, and uh-huh. I've made it through the first two books and half of the third book before I finally gave up. It's it, That's thick, right? It's heavy. It's, yeah. Yes, it's, it's very heavy. It, I mean, that's... <laughs> I think it says something about my. I love The Hobbit, but The Hobbit's a children's book, and it reads like a children's book, and it's a much, much easier story to follow, which is probably why I love it. Yeah. Because at the, at the end of it, I'm really just uh, you know, a kid at heart. Hey, yeah, uh, we all are, My wife, on right? the other hand, has yeah. read everything Tolkien ever wrote, everything oh Tolkien's God. son ever wrote. Wow. She understands the world on a much deeper level than I do. Oh, um, my God. She, yeah. she's, she knows the Salmarillion much better, which is essentially the sort of the biblical. No, no, no. The Silmarillion was a book that Tolkien wrote, which is essentially I'm I'm breaking it down to like just a of the basics of most basic of metaphors. Okay. It's essentially the Bible. Okay, okay. It's for essentially the, land. the Bible of his world, like the stories of old from like Whoa. many many years before Lord of the Rings took place, like how the world was. Cre- I mean, it's essentially it starts with the world being created. Wow. Can you imagine, like, he, he he's dead, right, Tolkien? Tolkien? <laughs> yes, yes, he's okay. been dead for a while. 
Got you. Okay, copy. Um, great. Now that that's established, it's gotta, it's gotta be just nuts to like just know, just look down on Earth as your ghostly self and just be like, I created a whole world that has inspired a bajillion people to like just use the farthest reaches of their imagination and to just keep going. It's yeah. incredible. His story, it, those stories are so intense and deep and detailed mm-hmm. be, because of it's just it's de- it's different. It's not. It's literally out of this world. But of this world at the same time, which makes it so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And what I always loved about uh, the world that Tolkien created was he left it very open. Right. You know, we the story that we hear only takes place on a certain part of what we can assume is a very big world. Mm. You know, there's mm-hmm. all these. He only talks about basically, you know, if you boiled it down to this, the okay. area in which all this the story of Tolkien takes place is essentially like the size of Europe. Okay. There's still all of Asia <gasps> and Africa right. that never was talked about. Oh, In shit. fact, you know, we talked about the wizards. There's four wizards, five wizards. There's five mm-hmm. wizards. Mm-hmm. There's there's the white wizard, the gray wizard, gray wizard, the brown wizard, and then there's two blue wizards who are only get mentioned and nobody they don't even have a name for them. Damn, who's it's writing just, those stories? Nobody's written them. Oh, dude. I wonder I know, if they ever will. You know what? I would I would like to hope that maybe they would because much like, and I think one of the reasons why like this and stuff like Star Wars, and I've, we've kind of gotten away from from Die, but we'll get, we'll get, we'll back, get back to there, it. Is, yeah, it's in the same is realm. When yeah. you recreate such an open world, it leaves such um, a good chance for good writers to take a story, even if it's not related to your main story. Sure. Which is why I loved all of the Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big fan of all the books that are now not officially canon, but they started coming out in the, in the early 90s and stuff like that. Okay. Um, that all these writers, they took the world, and in some cases they're using you know the main characters from Star Wars, but in some cases they're just taking a tertiary a character. It was a, hey, you know that really cool, interesting-looking alien that you saw in the background? I'm going to yeah. write a whole book about that guy and what he does. Because and, and it's the same way with this world. There's all kinds of characters and, and things, and there's and there's history. That's mm-hmm. the other thing, is if if the world feels like it's been lived in, if yeah. there's history there, it makes it so much more interesting. Which is why Tolkien makes because you pick it up in a spot where there's already ancient history. You know, there's right. already these ruins and these tales of old mm-hmm. that are thousands of years old. So. And books that are written in there that it's like books within a book within a book. Like, ah, (laughs) it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, And that is, to bring it back to die, that is certainly a big part of this world. Okay, all right. I understand issue three. Like, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Where were you in high school when I was reading Grapes of Wrath? Um, I don't know about that. When I was in high school, I was not reading Grapes of Wrath, so don't worry oh, about that. Oh, you probably, yeah, a little, yeah, for sure. Unless I yeah. had to, in which case I probably still didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like even even at the towards the end of that, when the eagle comes to take the message, that's that's a direct reference to from Harry Potter. No, I'm just no, I'm just <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. From Lord of the Rings. No, that's awesome. And also, I'm like, what eagle? I don't remember the eagle, but I believe you. <laughs> Uh, I believe it was there. Um, okay, so we're going to jump on over to issue four, which is probably one of my okay. favorite issues, is where we really get to dive into a, like a city town called Glass Town. Yeah. And it's created by Solomon. It's the home of Dai's first people. 
Um, and, and so the group, our group, our married group that's trying to get the F out of here, they <laughs> are like, maybe there's a chance. And what's really cool about this glass town, it's basically uh, Oz <laughs> with <laughs> kind of, yeah, right? Like a clear, uh, multi-shaped die on top of it, which somebody said it was Solomon's die. Is that correct? Well, Solomon has the 20 sided die. Okay. So that particular shape, anything related to that is, is going to relate to Solomon. Okay. Because so they all like, have they all have a different sided die. Which all okay. those different sided die have different shapes. Okay. Got you. So yeah, they, I yeah, I recently bought some because you and I were gonna play. Um and yeah, I've never seen them before. Some of them were like pyramids and then there yeah. were other shapes that I'm sure have names. I have no idea what names they are, but yeah, I totally hear you. Well, if you if you remember your uh uh high school geometry, you'll remember they all have names. Oh man! All right, <laughs> what do you got? What? Well, yeah, I know geometry. No, not really. I don't. I don't. But maybe That's you okay. guys out there will. Somebody out there listening will be like, Tess, you don't know that geometry. You crazy. Um, I am crazy. And <laughs> uh, so they walk up to the glass town. Glass town, I should say, not the glass town. Mm-hmm. And these people kind of come through, and it's just. It seems like this just wall of clear ice, kind of. Yeah. And these people come up on the other side, and they yell, "It's them! The Paragons! Open up!" And they open up and they're like, oh my gosh, you're here. You're going to save us from Solomon. You know, we're going to break free because you guys, which I'm not sure how they know who they are. Can you explain that here? Well, this is not their first time to the world. So obviously the, because they were the first ones to basically defeat or close to defeat the Grandmaster, they -hmm. were obviously known. Plus Solomon is just crazy enough to have probably mentioned them. To talk right. to about because like he just wants to bring them back to play. He just Solomon just wants to play the game. Yeah, he he's just, like a yeah. puppy who just doesn't want to stop playing the game. <laughs> somebody kind of... brought that. Yeah, somebody brought that up. I can't remember if it was in a review or maybe it was in the in the book. And they were like, he's just a little kid that's scared and and yeah. is just wants to play basically. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The puppy, the the puppy theory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, okay, so this is where I really start getting. It's it just becomes it's like Kieran was like, oh, shit, I need to fit so many freaking stories and things in here. <laughs> um, he I think that he like put a bunch of stories in a hat full and pieces of paper. He folded <laughs> them up and he picked them and he's like, whatever order that I pick these in is the order I'm going to tell these weird and wonky stories in. And that's what happens from here, from, <laughs> right? From issue four to five. But they're cool stories, very individually, but I just have so many questions about them. So, okay. Okay, so this is what I know there's three keys and three dungeons, guarded by 12 perils. Isabel has to reroute aloud her diary, and then they have this big idea to destroy Glass Town. Right. Uh, and then and then we'll go on from there. What happens to that? So can you can you catch me up on issue four here? What's going on? Okay, so you know, Solomon. They were they keep referring to Solomon as a railroader, and a okay. railroader is in Dungeons and Dragons speak. It's a DM who basically forces the characters into a certain lane to okay. do a certain thing. A good dungeon master will. They'll have a plan, but they've got to be able to improvise because if you want, you know, if you leave oh. it too open for your party the, to do one thing and they decide to do another, now mm-hmm. you're, if you haven't planned for that or at least to have some sort of contingent, now your story's all screwed up. So if a, if a huh. dungeon master doesn't want to bother with that, they'll railroad the characters into only doing the thing that he wants them to do. 
jerk. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to force this party to do what he wants them to do, which is to do these. He's basically he's setting up these challenges. He's like, I want you to do these games. I set up these mm-hmm. dungeons. I want you to do them. So they're basically they're like, he's saying, I want you to do these, and their their response is, okay, how do we get around this? Right. You know, because essentially what they have to do is they need to get to Solomon to kill him. Or uh, they don't really say so much as that, but right. what the thing is is they can't go home until all of them want to go home, and Solomon does not want to go home. Right. So they have to get to Solomon. In order to get to Solomon, they have to get to this one place. In order to get to this one, or call it's just called Twelve, I think. Which 12. I think I think basically what it is is the world, and they show it very very briefly. The world is the shape of a twenty sided die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think okay. each face of the die is a different type of land, like so a, it's a, like a planet. Well, not well, not like not is it's not on its own planet. It's just sort of like, uh, you know, this uh, on a die, whatever is on the number one, that's sort of the desert, and number three is the ocean, and oh, is a so mountain. It's gigantic. World. Yeah, it's gigantic. well, it's just it's just multi sided. Okay. 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 So. In order to get there, they they only can do these things, which obviously Solomon set up. So their their response is, okay, we got to do something he isn't expecting to mm-hmm. get him to come to us. Right. And since he spent all this time investing into into Glasstown, they figure if we destroy it, mm-hmm. he'll show up. Right, and it uh, that's genius. I mean, I wouldn't have thought of that, but. <laughs> I think that's great because yeah, if he if they destroy his his baby here, um, hopefully he'll he'll come back and he does. Yes, yes, he does, and he's super scary and and then they defeat him pretty quickly. I feel like. <laughs> like yeah, it, it does move pretty fast on that. But yeah. the the thing with Isabel is uh, because Is Isabel's yeah, excuse me Isabel barters favors with the deities with the gods mm-hmm. in order for. Um, you know, basically to give her powers to do stuff with it. And you see that a few times in different battles where she mm-hmm. calls in favors from certain God. It's kind of gods and demons. And demons it, too. Yeah, it, right. Yeah, anything that can be kind of classified as a deity or demigod of any kind. Got you. And so she has to pay this one back. And in order to do that, basically the, she they want her to basically preach a sermon to these followers and it turns out what she's read the sacred text that she's reading is her diary can you believe oh my gosh that sounds like a nightmare you know like a literal nightmare i've probably had before where you're just like <laughs> you have to read your deepest darkest thoughts to this crowd these crowd of strangers yeah yeah who okay. basically are worshiping you at the same time i mean they're worshiping the god mm-hmm. but you are the one preaching to them so they're following you through this wow that's even scarier <laughs> <laughs> i never kept a diary so <laughs> I never had that problem. You're good. I have like five diaries and they're for like five or ten different things. I don't know. I, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I feel like writing in this one today. I feel like writing in this one today. So good freaking luck, whoever discovers all my diaries <laughs> in the future. Try to get all those dates together because if maybe, that. Uh, maybe, we'll, maybe somebody will find it and create a really cool story with it. Hey, man. I, yeah, I'll tell you guys where all the, dra- the drawers that they're in. Um <laughs> It just depends where I'm at. Like this drawer that I'm in right now, I've got two, and the one on top is the Hocus Pocus one, and then underneath that is a girl, is Little Red Riding Hood stabbing the wolf, and those are on the front of the journals. Just I've always been jealous of people who uh, could keep diaries because I'm I'm I love 
I consider myself a creator or a creative, but uh-huh. I'm a horrible writer, so I don't write all that often. Do you do it because you feel kind of self-conscious about writing kind of thing? I, yeah, I just don't think I'm good at it. Got you. And you know I, what that's from? It's from... I, sorry, let me just a super quick off-roading <laughs> sure. moment here. It's from when we've been in high school and they tell us that you got to write the most prettiest, perfectest essay in the whole entire world. And if you get words wrong, you put them out of order, you make them passive, or you accidentally forget to do something here or there. It's an F and you don't know how to write. So you're in your, in your mind your whole life, you're like, I can't freaking write. Yeah. I, writing has always been, it's the one subject that I've struggled with the most. I've, I've, mm. I did horribly in English all through... All through middle school, high school, and college, I struggled with sort of the English classes the most. But you can understand this comic. <laughs> Look at you, Spees. You've made it. How far? Don't... Up? 20 years later. <laughs> I think you're doing great. I need help breaking this down. <laughs> um, so, geez. But yeah, so that's just... Uh... So that's just one of the many things that happens in issue four. And one character that I want to bring up before we get to the very, very end, and you tell me the twist that I obviously missed. Um, okay, so there's this character. His name is, and you mentioned him before, Knight of Something. Knight of Kisses or something? Oh, yeah. It's like Knight of Kisses or something. And you meet him uh, pretty early on, actually. Yeah, and he it, it's it's our first. And the reason why I'm bringing him up is because it really does show how deep and dark that this world can freaking get. So it's it's the the Angrian Knight of Kisses. He's Angrian. in the past. Angrian. Angrian. Yeah. Um, Angria. Angria is a is an is an area. It's a place. That's right. That's right. And, and see, that's another part of this thing. They have to choose where to go in these lands. Anyway, he comes up to. Is it Angela? It's is Ash. It Angel- it's Ash. And uh, it's Ash is like kind of ex-lover thing from when she used to be there and then I guess she has to leave and he's like I won't rest until you come back will you please put a spell on me to bind my words idiot um <laughs> well, one thing we haven't talked about is what Ash's power is oh let's talk about it let's Ash's, talk about it Ash is the dictator okay that is her title and okay. Ash basically can command you to feel a certain way or basically bind you into doing something. Okay, so, so it's not the knight's fault at all. Well, I mean, it is because he was dumb enough to say, will you... He t- he tells yeah. her to put this binding on him, right. assuming that he's going to see her again. Right, and so, yeah, and so then she's gone for 25 yeah. some odd years. So it's it's Ash who puts the gesh on the whole party. She's... And oh. Apparently, I think they all agreed on it. I, I, that part was a little unclear for me. Okay. Unless I missed it, but she essentially she's the one because she she does this a couple times to Matt the Grief Knight in order to to get him at his most powerful. He has to be sad, and so mm-hmm. she can control his emotions, which he hates. Oh, but she does it a few times by basically essentially bringing out his biggest fears and sadness, causing him to weep, and oh. which case makes him the strongest character out of all of them. Oh my gosh. Okay, see, look, this gets me excited. This, I want to go play the RPG games or D&D games. Like, now I'm here's the in, in it. Here's the interesting thing. They made an RPG out of this game. Of course they did, because it's great. Like, it's, <laughs> like, I'm telling you, and you agree, obviously, because we're reviewing it today, but, like, this is an excellent, like, story point, concepts, characters, world, art. It's just the flow sucks. <laughs> That's it. Like, it's all there. He has the pieces to the pie. He's just not very good at making pie, in my opinion. Okay. 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 But I'm, I'm guessing what you were referring to is, so that character shows back up. 
Yes. The Knight of Kisses, who mm-hmm. says, you know, he, he, he greets her, and you know, he's just sort of in the distance, and she's like, oh, yeah, it's this guy who, he needs his kiss. All right, come here, and I'll give you a kiss. And he comes forward, and he's been dead for some time. Because he can't die. Because he, he can't, can't die. die until he fulfills this thing, and so he's basically rotting flesh with eyes, worms for eyes. Oh, my God. And so they have to uh, they have to uh, get uh, Isabel to call in a favor to give the knight his sight back in right. order to fulfill it. In which case, after he sees her, he basically just melts on top of her, <laughs> like literally like melts. Goo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it's rotted like, flesh just falls apart. And she's like, "Okay, <laughs> laying there. Okay, cool." So he's gone to the other side. So that that is just like a precursor to all of the weird effed up shit that you see in here, to say the least. It's just, it's truly a horror. Um, okay, so let's get to issue five. Let's talk about yeah. what happens here at the end. Tell me the twist, because I miss it. I hope it's a surprise. Go. <laughs> well, I, I, I may, maybe not as big of a twist. I thought it was a, okay. an interesting twist, because it led yeah. to what happens later. Uh, one thing I do like is we do get one flashback. Here at okay. the very beginning, um, which yes. is it's a it's a it's a picture of and this is right before they destroy Glasstown mm-hmm. because it's a picture or it's a panel of him as a kid building you know a, a block castle with his mom mm-hmm. and she's like oh great great well let's take it down so we can build something else and he's like no 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 it's done right you leave it alone it's don't created it. it's my creation don't touch it he's being a little brat to his yeah mom. and it's just a it's just a one page thing but it it. It gives you, um, it it tells you what his persona is like, so that like he doesn't like his things being destroyed. Right, and then then they cut to present, and you're <laughs> like, oh, and you bring that with you, like, oh crap, that's why he's such a jerk now. Yeah, you know. And then and then they essentially destroy Glasstown, which is which what brings him out because they're destroying his things, they're messing yeah. with his toys essentially. They smash they smash something like a dome. <clears throat> A dome shaped something. Well, the the glass the glass die that's over it is what's protecting it. Okay. So, um, uh, Neo or the Neo uh, Angela, who's the mm-hmm. cyberpunk, mm-hmm. um, goes to uh, one of the neighboring faction factions that is is they're always at war with, mm-hmm. and puts the idea in their head to go uh, you know eliminate Glass Town, and then uh, some of them go figure out a way to basically shatter. The protective glass, essentially, mm-hmm. and that invites this group in, which is the mechanical dragons, and that's it's kind of like robotics and cyberpunk and and steampunk, steampunk a, little a little bit, bit. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. put into it, and that all of that happening um, draws uh, Solomon out, right, and he's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you be? Yeah. Um And then, okay, so is that the that you, that's the ending you were kind of talking about there? That's that's yeah, kind of yeah. like okay. And they actually do kill Solomon, and he becomes what is called a fallen, which is anybody that has died in that world. Is that correct? Yes, and that's sort of the twist. The thing is, is that you meet a fallen early, very early, like in either the beginning of issue two or end of issue one. It's like this right. elf, and. Um, the, he's the elf is sort of like flirting with Chuck, and Chuck's flirting back with him, and then just all of a sudden Chuck stabs it. Yeah, and then they're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, it, "He's like, wait for it," and the and the fallen rises up, and he's like, "Like this elf was gonna ever fuck me." It's <laughs> essentially what he says. And uh, and so it's, it's sort of it's like zombies. 
essentially. Yeah, totally zombies. And this, even those like moments, those moments where you're like, oh my God, he just punched her. It's like, it's so Chuck. I like, we're not really even mentioning Chuck. He's <laughs> one know. of my favorite characters in here. He just he's... does whatever the fuck he wants. I know, which, which is why he's called the fool. And right. he even says at the beginning, like, that's sort of, that's sort of like, you know, that one kid who enjoys playing right. D&D, but just likes, all he does, all he does is like fighting everything. He doesn't smash, care about the smash, story. Smash, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is why he gets the six-sided die, because it's the most boring one. Because it's oh. the most common oh. die. It's like, everyone knows what a six-sided die looks like. Okay. That's why he gets that oh. one. That is kind of, that's what I'm talking about, like the Vegas die. But yeah, yeah that's why, that's what made me think of that. So uh, yeah. when he when he when they kill Solomon and he comes back as a fallen, the revelation is you, they even kind of say like all of the fallen they've destroyed in the past, all of the fallen are real people who have come to this land and died. Mm-hmm. But, it's like go ahead. I would say, but what they also tell you is that any fallen can come back to life if they destroy uh, one of the paragons or any real person. Oh, if I they missed kill, that. So that okay. I mean, that's kind of that's. They don't spend a lot of time with the fallen in yeah. the story. They mention them, and they are they. You see them once, and then they mention them a few other times in the story. So you really do have to kind of pay attention to what they're reading. Because mm-hmm. um, again, what I do like about the story is that it feels lived in because you know they're yeah. coming back to this world. This is a world they know. We mm-hmm. don't know it, but they know it, and we start to learn little bits by bits as they talk about it. Yeah, and they the f- unravel it very, yeah. sl- you know, very, very weirdly, slowly. but slowly. Yeah, for, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. So then when Solomon essentially, they think he's dead. And then when it comes, and when he basically stands back up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he they realize, oh, all these fallen that we've killed are people, real people. So they realize it at the same time that they tell the audience, basically, the yes. reader. Yes, they find that realize. out at the same time. Okay. I did not pick that up, and I love when something is revealed to both the reader and the character at the same time. That is my favorite. Yes. Great. Um, okay, and so they're like, uh, all right, so we killed Solomon. Solomon's never coming back. Sorry, sorry, Anne, we're not getting your arm back. Um, uh, let's go back home. We're done. We've defeated him. Let's go back home. Right. And Then they start, then freaking Chuck... Starts slowly talking to him. He's like, man, I, I can do anything here. I, I'm invincible here. Why would I ever want to leave? So do they all have to leave at the same time in order they, for them to they any They all to have leave? to want to leave in order to leave. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Freaking Chuck, that jerk. So he's slowly, his poison of just, like, not leaving starts to infiltrate the group. And they're all starting to realize they don't really want to leave either. But some of them are like, hey, I got, like, a family at home. Yeah. I got stuff to do. And the other ones are like, well, I got a f- shit life. Why would I want to go back? And it's weird. Yeah, it is weird because you you, you feel, you understand each ca- the motivation for each character. So, like, mm-hmm. Matt, he, who's always been, you know, he's, he's the grief knight. He's sad. He's the one, he lost his, I think he lost his mother when he was young. And that, that's sort mm-hmm. of like the the... The instigator for a lot of his grief, but he's totally. got a family at home that he loves and he wants mm-hmm. to get back to that, mm-hmm. you know. But Angela, Angela's going through some a messy divorce where she he left her husband, she left her husband for another woman, and then the woman rejected her, and now mm-hmm. the and the husband's rejecting, you know, she tried to get back to her husband, and so like her life is just in chaos right now. She doesn't want to go back, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, and then like you know, uh, Chuck's having way too much fun, like he this, he loves this world, this, you yeah. know. I mean, which I can understand. Like, yeah, that's if all what of a sudden you're like the most powerful thing there, like, why wouldn't you want to live there? Yeah, exactly. Do anything you wanted, essentially. 
And so as an as a reader, you're like, well, I don't even know what I want for them either. Like it's so yeah. split, you know. And then, I mean, we kind of we it ends roughly around the time that we realize that uh, that Solomon turns into a fallen, and we kind of have the revelation about what the fallen are. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of they end it with a little bit of a, a sort of the play on the words of die being the word and the the the, the dice, but then also die being their to dead die. to die right to die. So how does this end? Is it on a cliffhanger or is it a? Well, it's kind of on a cliffhanger. Just... Okay. Because it, I mean, it ends. Uh, uh, was it? Oh, I have it right in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think it's a Neo says. I guess I mean we all want have to want to go home, but if they mm-hmm. are all somehow are all gone, does their vote even matter? Essentially, like, does anyone who doesn't want to go home if they're dead? Oh. Does it matter? Because then, because then their vote doesn't count. And basically, right. and then it ends with Ash saying, "If we, if they all die, we can go home." <gasps> and then Solomon gets the last word with, huh, die, still lying, uh, not the word, never was. Uh, the word is murder. That's how the they, word is murder. That's, that's how they end. Basically, like, they have to murder, they're going to have to murder their friends in order to go home. I did not catch that, and that is actually a dope ending. Cut to black. <laughs> well, just dun dun dun. Would you want another volume? Are you well, there, that in love there's with a it? second volume. Oh, great. Okay. I've read it. Have you read it? Yes, okay, I've read what, it. Is it, it's, is it good? I'm not going to tell you. Okay, great. Don't tell me. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think that we should review it now. Okay. Um, because I feel like that's where we're going to get the most of our words out about it. And I'm trying to buy myself more time to get <laughs> a noun. Oh, I got okay. it. Okay. All right. I used to write these down and then I forget. Okay. So I'm going to give this, and don't hate me and just listen. It's okay. I'm going to give this... A wobbly 2.9 to 3. Now, here on OCD, the rating system is 1 through 5, 5 being best, 1 meaning worst, 3 meaning that you would recommend, at least. And then you pick a noun, and so I'm going to pick 2.9, a wobbly 2.9 to 3, steampunk dragons, because those were so awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm giving it that. Because I feel like if you are in the world of RPG, D&D, Lord of the Rings, Narnia even, Harry mm-hmm. Potter, if you will, I don't know. It's just kind of just that mystical, magical world realm. If you're into that and you're into role-playing games, this is this is your book. You're going to have a great time. You're going to understand it probably from top to bottom. You may get a little dizzy. <laughs> you may get a little spun around a little bit by Kirian's writing here. And forgive me if I'm incorrect for some of you. If you enjoyed it thoroughly, I apologize. It's nothing personal. It's just my opinion. Um, if you, you know, go ahead and jump into this. This is your book. However, if you're like me and you're kind of new to comic books and this is at least your one of your first five comic books and you're not into RPG, you may get really, really lost in here. It's a it's a it's a deep dive. Um, but I did like it for the story that it was. I like the concept. I like the characters. I like the world. I love the art. I love the little uh, side adventures. I love the horror aspect of it. I love how hellish it was and messed up it was. Um, it was like I said. He has all the gooey ingredients, the freshest cherries, the best <laughs> flower from the best farm or whatever. Uh, and but it, he just can't he just can't put the pie together um, in a delicious kind of way. So okay. that's all. How's that? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, John Spees, what's your rating? I am going to give it 4.5 out of 5 Ooh. Uh, icosahedrons. 
<gasps> okay, explain what those are. A cosahedron is a 20-sided shape. That's okay. A, that's what a 20-sided die would be. Wow. Do you have a bad cold? I'm just kidding. <laughs> a cosahedron. No. And you know no. what? I think if you had asked me this the, after the first time I read it, uh-huh. I might have given it a three out of five. Ooh. But having gone back and being able to read it again and dive a little bit deeper, since I already knew what was happening in the story, I could kind of, I, may, I'm like, I, I kind of was like, did I rush the first time? Because I'm catching so much more things this time. Right. So I think after, like, if you read it a second time and maybe even the third time, if you feel it is need to, mm-hmm. I think you're going to start to like it anymore. Also, having the uh, having the knowledge of sort of the history of RPGs and right. all that stuff. Token. Dogan and all that stuff does help because there's all kinds of different references. They reference literary works. Mm -hmm. uh, They reference movies, all different types of stuff in here. So if you're not that familiar with them, some of those references will go over your head. But But, give it a try, you know? Yeah. Try. (laughs) But the second time around, I loved it. Oh, see? fell in love with it. Okay, and did were were there any major plot points where you were like, damn, I did not pick up on that before, but dang, it changes everything. Not major plot points. I pretty much got the 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 major gist of it the, the first time through, but I also okay. got most of the big references the first time through. Okay, but okay. it was it was smaller it was smaller little things of, of like them referencing things that happened earlier in the book that I didn't catch, that sort mm. of thing. That's cool. That's cool, and that's fun. It's like every time it's a little a tiny, teeny bit of a new comic. A yes. whole different element to it. And well, I'm excited cool. to go back and reread the... I need to reread the second volume, too. Okay. I want to know your rating for that one. And tell me if you think that I would be more confused. That will that will tell me if I should read it. <laughs> I need you. Um, it's, God, it's been, a, it's been a little... It's been a few months since I've read the second one. Um, it, my impression would be... I don't think the story in the second one is as good as the first one. But I okay. think it's easier to follow. Okay, because you know everybody a little bit better and yeah. you understand this world a little bit more. Yes. Got you. I think it'll be easier for you to follow. Okay. Maybe I'll give it a try. Okay. Um Okay. Yeah, totally. It's it's I mean, this is what this this podcast is for, is to dive into comics that I would otherwise <laughs> never touch. Right. I would have been like, RPG, no, I'm out. Like <laughs> Um, well, cool. Thank you for being patient with me as I unraveled that in my brain and <laughs> helping me build the world a little bit better. I'm sure if I reread it again, even now, um, I would pick up on even more things, like you said. So. I think so. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here for the first day of 31 Days of Horror. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, so, yeah, that's right, folks. 31 full days of horror, and this is just day one. Y'all don't even know. It's you think this is wonderful and fantastic. Oh man, I'm just it's gonna it's just gonna be great. Um anyway, so I'm so glad that you're here. Um thank you for being part of my my wonderful, loving pod fam. Um I heart you, John Spees. You are a great friend. Thank you for always supporting OCD and being on and giving me lots of comic book lessons. <laughs> thank you for being willing to let me on your show. This is I think is what my third time, fourth time? I can't fourth remember. Time. Fourth time. Fourth time in a year. I know. I just keep I keep finding ways to come back. <laughs> hey man, if you want to be on OCD, just just tell me. Be like, hey, I got a comic. I'll be like, cool. Uh, and it might be like I need to because I schedule like super far in advance. Right. Um, I would be like uh, March 2021. You're on. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. So John, tell us where we can catch you. 
I, you can Day. find uh, my brother and I, Adam, uh, both have. Uh, uh, Adam's got another one, but I'm not going to talk to that. I'm going to talk about that <laughs> one. Uh, but the two of us have two podcasts. Uh, one throwback trivia takedown, uh, which is just a fun little sort of retro pop culture uh, trivia game. We get a bunch of our friends in to uh, ask you know ask them questions. Um, half the time they don't understand what we're talking about, but it's still it's still fun. Um, and then our main one, uh, the blast from our past podcast, which you can find on any podcatcher, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook or Patreon by searching at Blast Past Cast uh, to find us. And we're basically we just kind of we we're a nostalgia podcast. We go back and look mm-hmm. at movies, TV shows. Um, we started doing fun top ten episodes, album reviews, and. If, if you were at all a child of or just uh, have a fondness for things from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and even a little bit of the early 2000s, uh, you'll like what we have. Oh, yeah. I, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love the Blast from Our Past Brothers. They are just wonderful and they put so much hard work into their shows. You guys, I learned something different. I Like you may have seen a movie 20 hundred times, but you'll listen to them and you'll be like, I did not even pick up on that detail or <laughs> I did not even know that weird fact. Or is it really that actor? I had no idea, you know. <laughs> so, no, you guys are awesome. Definitely go check them out. Uh, all right, guys. Cue outro. Thank you for tuning in to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast 31 Days of Horror. If you like what you're hearing, please follow OCD on any of your favorite podcatchers. Take it a step further and leave a five-star Apple Podcast review. (laughs) That really helps me out. Thank you. You can follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast or facebook.com slash OCD podcast. Tune in tomorrow as I review another horror Halloween comic. (laughs) Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.